exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Welcome to What Is It All For? A podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> rejoice, rejoice, the sound of the choice. What? Okay. What happened? We're in the holiday you, spirit. Hey, you just got sweaty. Hey, hot. I, okay, but cold. I know, but just just tuck it in so it's not covering my oh leg. My That's all I'm God, asking you're for. So temperature high maintenance. I am, and you are too. I am as well. Yeah, exactly. Do you want your little toesies covered? <laughs> no, I like. You having like your toesies a, out. I like having an exit like strategy having, <laughs> for your toes. Yeah, you don't want your toes to be locked in. My toes are like my. It's like the. The regulation, the temperature regulation part of it. The thermal regulation the of thermal your body. The thermal regulation of yeah. my body are my feet. Yeah. So I want a blanket on my legs all the way down to my feet. And then I want to keep my toes in a place where I can either tuck yeah. or extend. Are you team listener? Are you team cover your feet when you sleep or your feet can be uncovered? I feel like there's a little tinge of being a serial killer if you can sleep with your feet out. Yeah. No, I don't sleep with my feet out. Yeah. Like if you no, can do that, if you're one of those people, it's like my feet don't have to be covered when I sleep. <laughs> I don't know what you're you have closets. Okay, but what about you have closets I, full of skeletons. How about this? I didn't know this was so controversial. I like sleeping in socks because it, as I said, no. feet are my thermal regulator. So when my feet are warm, I go to sleep faster. Yeah, but I don't want to task. I, told somebody I don't want to task in the middle of the night when my feet are too hot and I have to fumble and get my well, socks that's, off. That's my feet. a hot person problem. Yeah. I'm a cold Thank person you. problem. Hot I'm boy. not actually a cold person. I just, in comparison to you, I'm a cold person. Right. I just run I was real hot. never that girl growing up where, you know, some girls are like very, they get cold very easily. Yeah. And some I would, people. Well, some people. You're yeah. right. I, I just, my personal experience yeah. is girls. So. Do you think I'm any percent lava? Do I think you're made of lava? Any percent. Small, tiny, little infinitesimal Would percent. Would it make you feel better if you were? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 2% lava. Oh, that's too much. No way. Yeah, <laughs> my blood would be boiling. Come on. Oh. Lava's like 1,000 degrees. Okay, 1%? How hot is lava? A lot. Real hot, right? Kelvin? <laughs> it's uh, Kelvin. Kelvin. Yeah. When they were, when Kelvin, <laughs> Dr. Remember, Kelvin. I, I actually remember Kelvin. Is Kelvin how, really cold or really hot? Here's how it I happened. mean, I know it's just a way to There was measure. a guy who walked up to a, a volcano a yeah. long time ago. Long time and ago. And he was like, 
whoa, this is hot. And they were like, Kelvin, how hot is it? And he was like, it's Kelvin hot. And they were like, all right, that's it. That's that's the story yeah, of Kelvin. I like how, okay, now Science I'm, by science. us. Now, <laughs> we have a new podcast. Yeah. It's called Science by, by us. us. Yeah, where we just incorrectly explain science. I'm not even going to go further on the Kelvin thing. You're I good? had like a whole bit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just, You're good? I'm, I'm good. Okay. First of all, I just want to acknowledge we are fully in the season. Oh, yeah. So as of this episode going out, it's like mid-December. Uh, the tree is up. The ornaments are up. Yeah, we celebrate Chris- Christmas. I mean, and what? No, oh, I was just, just saying like, not what? everyone yeah, celebrates yeah, Christmas. Yeah. So you might celebrate Hanukkah. You might celebrate Kwanzaa. You might celebrate something, Your some own other holiday. holiday you made up. Or you don't celebrate anything at all, and you're just having like a Friday this year. Yeah, you know? but like we celebrate Christmas, and we go hard in the Christmas. Do you remember when you were a kid, and when Christmas fell in the middle of the week, it was such a bummer? Because not that you had to go to school or whatever, but just like when it was on a Friday or a it Monday. It felt better. It just like, yeah. oh, man, this is, this is Christmas. Do you know what day of the week it falls on Friday. this year? Oh, a Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. See, that's what I mean. Like, I know, this is cool. I love yeah. that. Uh, we, we did, and I think I kind of want to give everybody a permission slip who listens to this sure. episode, this podcast as well. Go ahead. If this is the year that you just need to buy like one or two oh, you're going hard holiday right items, whatever it is, whatever it is for you. If it's those earrings that you've been looking at that are like gingerbread men, if it's the throw pillows that are just going to make your room just completely set up, if it's 17 pounds of tinsel that you just want to cover yourself in on Christmas morning. Because you know what? Sometimes things give us momentary relief from And we're the not all about it. Feeling. You guys know that. You listen to enough episodes. You know we're not all about consumerism and everything. But like this is the year... Just get treat yourself twenty bucks. Get something. yourself something nice. Twenty bucks something. We what's bought, our what's our thing? Well, we got? Jason fell in love with a vintage old truck, red truck with a Christmas tree in and it. Why? Because we used to have a vintage old red truck that we named Clifford. Yeah, nineteen forty eight Chevy thirty one hundred for all the the truck fans like the three of you that might know what that is. Yeah, when we lived in Florida, and I have to say, total sidebar. Yeah. At the time, that was not a fiscally terrible, responsible choice. Terrible choice. However, yeah. In the joy and life enjoyment and that's why column. I did it. That's why I did it. I know. I kind of like thought you were crazy when you said that. You were like, listen, I know this is not a good choice, but like yeah. it is going to make me so happy. And then that when we went through some of the toughest years, shout out to last week's episode of the 10 years episode. You'll, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago as yeah. episode, you'll know some of the, the rough patches that we went through. That truck really got us through because yeah. we would just pop in the truck. We yep. would get Plaxico in the truck right yep. in the middle. And we would drive around. Also, I'm really proud of you for driving around that truck. It didn't have seatbelts. I just remember yes, that. Did. Yes, it did. I would not have gotten in it if it didn't have a seatbelt. Yes, it did have a seatbelt. Yes, oh, I don't did. remember the seatbelts at all. It definitely didn't have the shoulder seatbelts because it's 1948. No, it was a waist seatbelt. But who are you talking to right now? You think I would have gotten in a truck well, that without truck, a seatbelt? that truck didn't have a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have air conditioning. It didn't, didn't have, have parts power of the floor, anything. Didn't the have windows, the floor. Yeah. But it had seatbelts. Yeah, the windows never went up. I'll so be honest. Just, it had we, to be nice. Plax wasn't in a seatbelt. He was not. But good, I think good most, news is we did not top off. We topped off at about 35 miles per hour. No, no. We got up to 50 because the back road by our house going the opposite way towards Mickler. You remember Mickler? Yeah. And I that probably road, was but like. But like 50 was the fastest it could go. Like the truck it, was literally. You started like it would rattle and you were just like, calm it down. Yeah. Calm just, it down. It also sounded like 1948 was trying yeah. to happen. So anyway, I might have been browsing on Target for yeah. a Christmas pillow yeah. just to make. I yeah, don't know. A little moment. And our, our friend Jen influenced us. We got influenced. Yeah. She had Christmas pillows and I was like, Ugh, your house looks so festive. Yeah. And so that was our one Christmas kind of purchase this year. And by one, I mean, as I was browsing, Jason was like, 
look at that adorable truck that looks exactly like Clifford, yeah. I think it would make me really happy. And so, once oh. again, we are not con- we are not trying to promote consumerism, yeah. but we got we got consumered. Twenty twenty is the year. You got to do it. Uh, before we wrap this up, because obviously preamble. Excuse me, I had a little something, little something in there. I think it would be fun if you hand lettered Clifford on the side of the truck. Okay, that's a lot of pressure. No, it's not. Okay. You could always repaint it. Red? Yeah. Okay. It feels blasphemous to buy an object and then... No, it feels like you're customizing it to your liking. Okay, I might yeah. be able to be convinced. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the uh, that's the intro here. That was the double preamble. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into the second most important part of the beginning of the podcast. Did you have a cinnamon roll? I sure did. Well, what did I do this morning? You made cinnamon rolls. I made, I made a batch. It is always a toss-up when I wake up. Because you're up so much earlier than me. And so I'm like, what's he doing? Yeah. Is he answering emails? Is he deep in, you know, Wame Slack talking to Waymers and like, because you're so good at that. Yeah. Is he in the kitchen baking? Is right. he working out? Like you just live like a whole life before I, I wake up. I get like up. two to three good hours in before you, you do. Get yeah. And so this morning I woke up and you were, had your cute little fleece on because it was cold I'm and you little, had your yeah. socks on. Yeah, yep, yep. And you were just baking and being cute in the kitchen. Making some cinnamon rolls. Had, had a, I'm going to be honest, I had a roll and a half before this started. I I, I upped it. My you, breakfast this morning. When did you do that? When did I eat them or when did like, I make them? Like, what was them? I doing? No, eating them. What you were in your zone on the couch okay, or on okay, the chair, okay, okay, the little okay. chair in the corner. Uh, so very important. Obviously, people, they tune in. They're like, oh, did you have a did cinnamon roll? Did he have a cinnamon roll? Yeah. And a lot of- well, I did listen to the beginning of our 10 years episode, and you called them cinnamon rollers. And I just thought that was Our cute. cinnamon rollers. Our cinnamon Those rollers. are listeners. Yeah. yeah our cinnamon rollers. Because well, I know we have a couple listeners yeah, out there Yeah, we got Nicole. We got Isa. You guys are uh, on the cinnamon roll Kim. train. Uh, we got a couple people who are cinnamon rollers. Great. They know what's up. They don't know that they're cinnamon rollers, but I do. Okay. They already know what this episode is supposed to be about now that we are, you know, 10 minutes in. What are we talking about? We are talking about, well, specifically, we are talking about a project that you and I have been working on all year long, all Mm -hmm. 2020. And we are at the very last 5% of this project before it launches, goes out into the world. Obviously, the project extends beyond that, but like the finish line of getting it launched. Yeah. And we thought it would be interesting to, we thought we haven't talked a lot about this very big project we've been working on all year. And then also we thought it'd be interesting to talk about when you're running an online business, when you're running an intentional business, why is it so hard sometimes to finish out strong that last 5% of a project? Yeah. I feel like this is something so many people can relate to. I actually remember writing an article about this for, oh, what was Unsplash's editorial website they used to have? Do you remember when I used to, Crew, you remember that? I used to write- for them, I actually got paid. I was a paid writer at one point, uh, writing articles for them. And one of the articles they pitched to me was like, hey, can you write about finishing projects? Because it seems from the outside like you don't have any problem finishing projects. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think that's just an illusion. And it just looks <laughs> that way because it is very difficult to finish projects. And I think we should touch on, as we go through this, if you're someone who is just making, for example, like digital planners. Uh-huh. So maybe you don't even have like a full business. Like you're just making your first digital planner. It, it can be very hard just to finish making that planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a lot of things that go into that. We can talk about some of those things. But uh, I just think this will be a really relatable episode for a lot of people and a lot of different reasons because it is very easy to get started. It is very difficult to finish. Absolutely. The barrier to entry to start is so small nowadays, but the amount of people who get to the finish line, whatever that means for you, that doesn't necessarily mean success or money. It just means like the thing is done mm-hmm. enough for people mm-hmm. to get it. Uh, because that's the other thing we'll talk about, especially with a software application like Teachery, uh, there's there's an ongoing 
list of things you can always be working on. Yeah. The, when you just said that, it, it kind of the visual that I had in my head, because you guys know. Let's I love, do it. Bring the metaphor. Visuals. The visual I had in my head is like a rocket launching. And yeah. so when it leaves the earth, it has all of this firepower. There's so many things. Would you the, say it's like Kelvin? <laughs> I would say it's a Kelvin heat situation situation cool cool cool. there's so much firepower when you start something like there's so many reasons that can propel you forward the excitement the newness the possibilities like all these things that are like like propelling you are behind you propelling you forward but by the time let's say you're that rocket by the time you get up to space the further you go in the project the more gravity it's like your firepower has worn off your jet fuel is gone great metaphor thank you your jet fuel is gone all you have now you don't have things propelling you forward you have forces against you weighing you down you have grab i mean i think this falls apart because by the time you get to space i think you lose gravity but you get yeah but that's but that's the thing like when you actually get a project completed then you're in space you're you got the thing working Finish line? Yeah, sure. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Also, uh, I just learned this a couple of years ago. Rockets don't launch straight up. I know. They go sort of to a... It blew my mind. follow the curve of the Earth. It blew my mind. Also, the fact Tell that... Tell me when, about that flat earthers. When things are in orbit, <laughs> yeah. they're going like 16,000 miles per so hour. Fast. What? I don't get space. Space is... I don't get it. Just, I hey, opt out. I'm opting out. Total side note. Yeah, go you ahead. You know that new space movie um, George Clooney is doing? He directed it. It's coming out on Netflix. You told me that George Clooney has a new movie coming he direct, out. He it directed it. Cool. It's a space movie. Is it Gravity 2? Yes. It's just him and Sandy <laughs> go back up? <laughs> oh, he was in Gravity. I totally forgot yeah. that. Do he and Sandy go back up? Yeah. They're like, ah, let's try again. I think he died in that. Oh. Spoiler. Gravity. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's, where do you want to start with this? Okay. So as it relates to Tea Tree, let's give people a little bit of context. If they have no idea that we have a completely other business unrelated to Wandering Aimfleet, not unrelated, yeah. but... Uh, this is another business that we run. Give them the short version if they don't want to listen to the 10-year episode of like Tea Tree. Yeah. Very short. Don't, Very don't go into... Cliff Notes. 2013, I saw online courses as a thing that you could make money from. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Couldn't find a platform that seemed customizable. So I was like, oh, I'll just design my own and make it as a WordPress site. Paid a developer to do that. Shared it with some friends just to get feedback on the course. They're like, oh, what platform is this? It's like, oh, it's not a platform. They're like, well, I would use it if it was. It's like, oh, that's interesting. 2014, met a developer, Jolando, at a conference. He asked if I had any side projects to work on. I did. I had Tea Tree because it was just a WordPress plugin. We turned it into an app. Seven years later, it has iterated a couple times. It's had three different interface designs by this point. You did the original logo design, True. Uh, which is like the, if you go and look at Tea Tree, oh, you probably, probably won't see up. it now. Yeah. yeah. You could look in like the web archive, but uh, that branding lasted us for many years. It was great. I hired a UI designer to redo the UI three years ago to like bring us up to speed because we were way behind. And that business, Tea Tree, has always been a self-serving business first with no content, no marketing. It has been built on word of mouth advertising, and I always wanted it to just grow on its own as a side project. And so it has grown from $0 in revenue. It made $5,000 the first year total, which is actually kind of amazing when you yeah, think about great. it. Uh, and then this this year, it will make like $150,000 in revenue, getting up over ten dollars to $12,000 in recurring revenue. And our goal is to build it up and have it be our main source of income in the next year or two. Right. Very good, Cliff. Thank you. Cliff notes? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even really talk about like what it is as an application. So it's just a, yeah, it's a very uh, easy, customizable templates are made for you. You literally just click into places and type stuff or drag and drop things or copy and paste things or upload or add your videos. We don't host videos. It's like one big thing about tea tree. 
So it's just that we try to make it really easy. You bring all your stuff into it and we kind of give you this layout, this template for your courses. For online courses. For online courses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're creating online courses, it's a great platform for you. And as Jason mentioned, highly customizable. So that is Teachery. At the end of last year, at the end of 2019, whenever you're listening to this, Jason came to me and was like, this is after kind of um, a couple of iterations of the business and now you were the sole co-founder or the sole founder at the, of the business. At this point, you were the co-founder with Jorlando. Yeah, and, for many years. And Jorlando and worked full-time, just real quick, backstory yeah, on this. Yeah, backstory on that. Uh, he worked a full-time job pretty much the entire time. There was like one or two years where he pretty much worked on a full-time, but the timing was awful because... I was always working on other stuff and I right. had too many projects. So I couldn't focus on like product lead and like design ideas and features. So it was really a mismatch of timing, but he was always great. And we had an amicable departure because he just was kind of tired of working on it. Totally understood that he was working on other things. And I just said, well, Hey, why don't I buy you out? Like teacher is not making a ton of money now anyway, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and we, we, I had a cash buffer teacher had a cash buffer as well. So we basically just agreed on like a 10 month buyout plan, bought him out. So that was actually in process at the end of last year right. um, and you said so in 2020 yeah now we you know you're gonna be the sole owner of teacher at this point you i'm giving it to you i was like here you go here you go congratulations the castle. no yeah. and you said hey kind of similar to when you brought up the idea of us combining businesses into wandering aimfully you said hey what do you think about the idea of we have this great app this asset which we've used for like 20 courses right of we our use own. for our own yeah. courses and we love it for our own courses like what do you think about coming on board and us working on it together? Because it's always been your thing. Yeah. I've never, besides, except for the, except the, for the early yep. branding, I've never, and of course being a customer and having ideas and being like, hey, I would really like this feature. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been, really had much to do with it. And and I kind of liked the idea, like you were saying, about trying to kind of flip our income stream so that there was a little bit less pressure on WAME, our um, business membership coaching program. And... So I thought, you know, yeah, there's a lot of possibility here. So this was the end of last year. So yep. we set that goal for ourselves of working on it together and trying to grow because we had had no growth plan whatsoever for it. And so we thought, well, if we put like a little bit of energy yeah. into it, what could it do? And so what happened was I said, okay, but if I'm going to work on growing the business and trying to come up with like marketing things for it, I want to feel really, really proud. And you do too. But I really was like, I want to feel really proud of the product itself. And I, as a user, feel like Teachery is becoming a little bit outdated. I also felt like it felt a little clunky, certain yeah. usability things. And then also from just a brand perspective, it felt the branding of it. And like, for example, the homepage felt the design behind it felt very cold, utilitarian, mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, um cold I think is the best word yeah. for it like more techie yeah and I was like the person that we're trying to go after is the opposite of that there's somebody who they're creative they want to teach things and they just they don't want the tech to feel like tech they want to feel like it's just you know fun to use and that they can all of a sudden spin up a course right away and so I really wanted to shift the brand into something that would be more creative and more fun and also we talked about how to differentiate ourselves because now, seven years later, there's quite a few more course platforms. Sure. And I thought, what do we have that other people, other competitors don't have? And a lot of these other big players are big players. Yeah. They have venture capital. They're they're becoming more and more sort of uh, corporate, for yeah, lack for of a better sure. term. Yeah. And so I thought, let's go the opposite direction. We're the small like mom and pop course platform. Yep. Let's be super fun. Let's be super colorful. So that's a little insight into where we went with it. And so 
the decision was to completely rebrand Tea Tree and design the app interface from scratch. Yeah, so we it has evolved over the years, but it has really stayed the same of the original template that I designed and the insanely simple like sidebar with links that you click to get into different things then you click into a different text editor like it's a very simple thing like we're not competing with squarespace and like drag and drop and like all this other stuff but what we had never really done except for the one time i did in 2017 was look at you know what is just the usability of this thing like where where does it get stuck where is it difficult what do we hear from customers uh, and the good news is that we have our group of waymers which is almost about 700 people and then tea tree has a customer base of about it's like three or four hundred people which these numbers may shock you or surprise you or they may be like oh that's kind of what i thought because it's in a side project forever uh, but you know i've always collected data on like what people are asking for where they get hung up what they would like and so there are a lot of different areas and then for us as we use it we get frustrated too. You know, it's like, oh, I wish that we could change this to this or move this around easier. So anyway, we kind of just went through the app as a whole and said, what do we want to do here? What do we what do we want? And the first thing we want to do is make sure that we're attracting the ideal customer. Because the last thing that I want someone to do is sign up for Tea Tree and then be like, oh, I thought this was something else. Right. And then they're they're gone because that's just a bad experience. I would rather someone get to the homepage of Tea Tree and go, this is weird. This is different. This is for me. Yeah. I, I, I like Or the this. opposite. This isn't for me. Exactly. And then it's like, move along. Exactly. If you're like a corporate, like yeah. university trying exactly. to do a corporate online learning tool, move along. I'll never forget. There was a, a college or university in the UK who signed up for a trial and they were like, I don't understand why this Rick Astley person is on the <laughs> sales page I want to make. Like get him off my sales page. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to make sure you don't sign, like people like you don't sign yeah. up. Like if that doesn't immediately For those of you listening, you. We, we basically rickrolled people on the landing, landing page. page builder. So, so yeah. all of the, when you create a new landing page, all of the testimonials are from Rick Astley. Well, the whole page, <laughs> the the whole page is yeah. written the So anyway, this song. person yeah. didn't, didn't get the joke. So that's So fine. yeah, this, this rebrand is really to detract the people that we don't want using it and to attract the people who are our core people. Which, ding, 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 if you're listening and you're like, I don't have a software app, that is a transferable business lesson to Anything. any business, yeah. which is do not be afraid of drawing a line in the sand and saying who your customer is and then, you know, doing things with your branding to attract that person and to repel yeah. people who are not that person. We call it the magnet approach to branding, not the net approach to branding. The net approach is just being vanilla and just saying, oh, I'll just kind of go middle of the road and cast my net out there and whoever comes along, I might keep a few that are, you know, who I want. And it's like, no, instead, it's a, the magnet approach is much more intentional. You're, you're setting a charge, right? You're saying like, I stand for something. I have a personality knowing that some people are going to be repelled by that. And that's perfectly fine because it means that your magnet is that much stronger to attract the people that are a good fit. Great juicy nugget. Juicy nugget. Great juicy nugget. Okay. So I think let's skip a little bit forward because again, the whole point of this episode is to help people finish a project. Yeah. So Yeah. And also we talked about maybe doing a full, more of like a story time episode of what, what were the steps that we took yeah. this entire year to go from me not being an interface designer redesigning an entire app from scratch and what went into that um, yeah. because honestly I still we're about to finish and I'm like hot damn I did that yeah for sure well, like, we I can't believe I did that we haven't counted it up but it's, I mean it, we did that well yeah but we haven't counted it up but it's like at least a hundred screens oh, that you designed yeah yeah just so many different things okay so uh 
just a quick recap, I guess, then on this year and what that's looked like. So we set out the intention to have the app fully redesigned and rebranded this year. Um, we talked to our, we have a development team, we outsource the development, they have been really great. And we said, hey, can you guys handle the front end work and then also making sure this all works? They said yes. And the front end work for those of you who aren't on the lingo, yeah. let's just explain it to them. Sure. That means not the core functionality, the things that make everything work, although they do a little bit of that. Yep. Um, it's more how things look. Yeah. So front-end development is taking your designs and making them writing the HTML or the CSS mostly yeah. to make it look the way that you want it to look. Sure. Is that a good description? Yes. Great. And so we, we had this whole plan and then we essentially just sat down and went, what is every page that has to be redesigned? What is every modal? What is every interaction? And what does that look like moving forward? And let's just get to it. And I think one of the things that we did in the beginning, and I don't remember when we started this. When did we start working on the new UI project? Was it February? February. So we had a bunch of life hurdles hit us just like you guys did in March. But in February, we lost our, our dog, Plaxico. Nope, early March. but Early March. We lost but yeah, well, February, yeah, February was, was making the decision. super tough. Yeah. yeah. So like we wanted to start this project. We had all this momentum in the new year as you do. And then all these things happened and it really kind of derailed us. Well, then we realized like it, this wasn't going to change. This is going to be our life for the year. So let's hunker down and let's work on this. So we started working on it. And I think it was one of those things where we just didn't realize how big of a beast it was. Yeah. Because you look at... Which I actually think was a good thing because if I had known what it would grow into, I would have been much more scared. Yeah. I just was sort of like, do-do-do, let's yeah. try some branding. Well, and then it was like, do-do-do, let's learn how to design the UI. And when you, if you're a teacher or user, if you ever looked at it and you click around into it, it doesn't seem like that many things. It's like you have some lesson pages, you have some payment pages, some landing pages, but designing the interface and going through and changing every single pixel to a new pixel. I have so much respect for UI designers. Like you just, uh, everything that you use on the internet, every application that you use from your social media apps to your banking, to your everything, like somebody had to make all of those every decisions part, yeah. and then every hover state and every what happens if you have no cards of this what happens if you have too many cards what happens yeah. if you have a title that's super long what happens if you have something that's super short like it's crazy doesn't it give you to me it always makes me feel better owning a software application when I see other, especially big ones like Google. Whenever I see an error on Google, it's like, <laughs> yeah. couldn't load this Gmail email. I'm like, ha ha, I am also <laughs> just as bad as Google at some of this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, like the focus of this episode isn't necessarily to walk you through every step of that. It's just to say like the last part of this and yeah. why is that so hard? And I just want to say that and be really transparent with you guys. This is the hardest thing we've ever worked on together yeah. as a couple. Yeah. It's the thing that has caused the most fights, the most tension. Like, yeah. it's been difficult. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of that is because we have different design, design decisions that we want to make on certain things where we have like the same outcome that we want, but yeah. maybe we have a different way that we would go about doing that. Totally. And then I think we also have different expectations of what's possible and what we can do. And so yeah. my experience in working on Tea Tree and a couple other software applications over the years is I know that they're just a never ending thing. Like yeah. you, you are always going to be working on something with it. You're always going to be tweaking. You're always going to have something else to do. And I do think that is different for something like a digital product where like a digital planner going back to that. 
I mean, you, you got to make the planner for the year. And then once it's done, it's done. Like you, you kind of cross it off. Whereas software is a very evolving thing. So we just ran into a lot of those different issues where you'll finish a bunch of screens. And even when you finish, let's say all the screens, then you have to go through the QA process, which is just quality assurance to go, okay, now that these have been implemented, what went wrong? Because right. guaranteed there's some stuff that, that went off or kilter. Or that we can't do. Like what, what just made me think of that when you were describing that is, I don't know if you remember, we had a completely different way that we were going to do the add and subtract the builder pages, like mm -hmm. the landing page or the yep. course page. It was going to be a little bit drag and droppy. A yeah, little bit, yeah, it was going to be a little bit more square spacey of like, okay, place this here or remove this here. Um, and you were like, and I had designed like all the screens yeah. for like a lesson. And you were like, unfortunately, we are not going to be able to implement that functionality this time around. Yeah. And so it was a lot of having to compromise between yep. the two of us because I mean, at least we had the benefit of very early on, it became clear what the roles were. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to do design and be making a lot of the design decisions, you're going to be sort of the project manager and the production traffic person yep. to say, all right, you're, you're sort of managing the hours of our development team. You're saying what we can accomplish, what we can't. Yep. And so we had a lot of kind of tense moments where it was like, okay, I've, I've spent all this time working on this thing. And now that you see how it functions and behaves, you're like, I just don't think that we are, yeah. can take up that many hours of the time that we have for them. We have to go with a more simpler approach and maybe save that for version two. And like, so that causes conflict, right? Yeah. Cause you're like, dang it. And so maybe about 30 minutes into this episode, we're getting to the first tip of how to get through the last 5%. Yeah. And that the first thing that I will say is you have to be open to compromise and adjusting what you wanted. And so yes. we had this grand vision of, we want to change this and we want to add this slick, like a little drag and drop and thing. And like, you know, really kind of take it to the next level of what we want. But when we presented that to our development team, when we looked at everything else, you still had to design the timeline that we wanted for this, which we can talk about constraints and limitations is another tip. It just became one of those things where that 5%, that last 5% would take triple the time. And for us, it just, it's not worth it because we need to get this out. And the other thing that I came to, and I think this is really important for almost any type of product that you're working on that is going to have some type of finish line is if you do too much in the beginning, especially for a software application, too much change, you're going to set yourself up for a lot of customer support. For sure. So the, the version that we're releasing for some people, they may even go, this is not that different at all. Like, yep. why'd you guys spend a year on this? Yep. But it gives us the foundation to then add the more slick features on it. And it's not such an abrupt change. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And people can transfer that to many different businesses, which is what, like, I think when you, you set out to maybe even you're updating a product, right. Or you're creating a new one. You want to make it as forward thinking as best as you possibly can. But I do think it's worth taking a second and going, what, what is that experience then going to be like for my customer? Is it going to be too big of a jump? And do I need to give them an intermediary step in between that, which is, I think is what you're saying Yeah. because it was so counterintuitive to the way that I do everything in, in my life or business is like, why would I not want to make this app? The, if I'm going to do it, if I'm right. going to spend all this time, why would I not want to make it the best version that I can? And unfortunately, sometimes the best version is the most different version from what you have now. And something that is so different from what you have now can be very jarring for a customer. So it's just something to think about, um, 
you know, I'm sure other companies that have physical products, like even like people like Apple or stuff like that, they're thinking about that all the time yeah. of, you know, maybe we have a jump in the technology, but we can't fully use it to its full extent right now because it would be such a jarring departure from what we had before that it would be a bad user experience. Yeah. And we give this advice to people because we've learned it the hard way over the years of putting too much stuff into products. So whether that's courses yep. or a membership community, like you overstuff it because you want it to feel bigger and better. But what you realize is you're basically just diluting the like the core thing you want someone to take away. Yeah. And so even just from like creating an online course perspective, when people ask me like how many lessons is enough lesson i'm like the bare bones yeah whatever the fewest amount of lessons to accomplish the goal for your student or customer is then add more when they're telling you that there's not enough yeah and so for us i think this next version of tea tree is our way of saying this is the core amount of changes we wanted to make we have a laundry list build. we can build on and we can get feedback on and we know the things that we want but we had to start with just the like let's make sure everything still works because this is a huge undertaking for sure um, I wanted to talk about, we talked, we only talked about like one little part of what was hard of this whole project, which was kind of the compromise part and the having different roles, but I, we learned cinnamon rolls? having different cinnamon rolls, yeah. but I feel like we learned so much about communicating through this project in terms of, and I know this doesn't apply to everyone because you might be a solo working but if you do work with a team or you work with a partner or you work with collaborators, I think this portion could be helpful, which is like, what are some of the things that we learned going through this process that we feel like we evolved in? So one that comes to mind for me is we learned very quickly that it really mattered what mind frame each of us was in to do certain things to collaborate on certain things. So there were a lot of situations where um, once we started to get the development team involved with actually building out the designs, a lot of times the way the process would work is they go they go off my designs, they build it into the new staging site, staging site and then you and I would have to go over what their work to, yep. to like check it off yep. and say like, okay, does this match the design? Are there little tweaks and things like that? And so it's a very different mind space from designing. It's more like looking at little pixels and comparing it to the designs and seeing what's different. And it's, it's one of those like, uh, you know, highlights magazine things of like, yeah. what's, what's, what's missing, missing? here? Yeah. yeah. And I found, maybe this is just me, but some, we had to find like the sweet spot of being in the right frame of mind to be able to do that work together. Yeah. And I think you also really learned in that process. And it's what I've said so many times throughout this process is like, the design is great, but it's never going to be like that in the app Right for us, for specifically like us. Um, I think for much bigger companies, they can do all the work to like make sure it's pixel perfect and do it. But for us, a little scrappy business that's just like doing this the best we can, we have to make compromises. Again, compromises come back around. Um, and we have to be okay with the fact that something may not be perfect. Right. And so I think that's part of this conversation too is, so we would get into these chats and we would be going over their changes and we would really have to weigh out like, is this worth fighting for and spending right. the time on to redo it? Or is it good enough? Because again, like we're trying to get to a, a, a completion line, like a finish line and knowing that it's different than what we thought that finish line would look like, but we got to get to yeah, that finish line. Because I would get so frustrated. Yeah. I would be like, oh, it's not exactly yeah. right. And and then I'm like, okay, 
I'm training my eye to look for all the things that are wrong instead of looking at the big picture of everything that's right. Yep. And I feel like maybe that's a lesson if you're building something. And it's so easy as you get further along in the project to see all of the imperfections and to see all the flaws because now you're at that refining stage. You're not just like building things yep. out of clay. You're like sort of like shaving off a little bit of your statue here and a little bit there. And so now you're seeing all the imperfections. And I really had to train my brain to be okay with letting certain things go mm -hmm. and being like, okay, I'm trained to see that, but probably the average user will not notice that. And if they do, they'll tell us and it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and I do want to talk about perfection in a second because I think that's a big part of what makes the last 5% hard. But just going back to the point I was making about things we learned, I think you being able to ask me and say, hey, are you in a, a headspace right now where we can go over tea tree changes? And I would either say, yeah, it's a great time to do that or no. Or you'd flip a table over. Or just, Pah. You'd be like, Calvin! Calvin! <laughs> <laughs> um, that was one thing that I feel like you, you, know, you learned. And then another thing that I learned was when to ask for help and to say, Jace, I am so overwhelmed with all of the little tiny tasks that I have hanging out in the ether. Can you help me come in and be a second pair of eyes to prioritize, to tell me what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done? I think by the end of working on a project all year, we really got in a groove with that of, yeah. of me asking for help and surrendering some of the control to you to be able to organize things. Let's come back to perfectionism. And then let's also come back to like uh, zooming out on the project a little, two things that I want to talk about. But piggybacking off of that, what I wanted to say is I think one huge, huge, huge tip to get to the, the finish line of a project, finish that last 5% is you have to change the way that you work at the end from the way that you've worked in the beginning and the middle of a project. Mm. So the beginning, you're fully in planning mode. You're writing out everything. You're getting everything planned out. And you're like, like exploration Yeah, mode. you're, you're like, like, oh, I wanted to do all these things. It's amazing. In the middle, you're doing. Yeah. So you've got this plan. You've got these things you want to get done. Whatever it is, you're knocking them out. At the end, you're tired. And you, you've seen this finish line coming and it feels so close. But then you loosen the reins on what got you to that place. And so this is what's really helpful for us. And it's what always has been helpful for me, especially in software stuff, is you have to come back around to what you did in the beginning and go, okay, every day we're going to sit down and we're not going to have the same enthusiasm and energy, but we're going to sit down and go, what needs to get done today? Mm -hmm. What needs to be prioritized? And it sounds silly, but I think for the past probably four weeks, every day we have looked at what needs to be prioritized today. And mm -hmm. we have this ongoing list and every day you have to come back to it. And it sounds so mundane and so boring, but that is a huge critical part to getting the last 5% done because otherwise you'll just let all that stuff pile up and you'll give up and you'll be like, it's too much. I don't want to do it. I think going off of that, another absolute absolutely crucial thing that is maybe an assumption in there, but that is you know worth talking about is you have to have a system for yeah. writing things down. Yeah. I used to think that because I'm creative and I'm loosey-goosey <laughs> and I'm so free that I didn't need lists or planning or things like that because I just could keep it in my head and I wanted the flexibility to be able to just do something. And really, I just didn't want to have to employ the discipline to sit down and write things down. Yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah, for you, sure. Especially with something as complex as a software product like and when you're collaborating with other people like you simply have to have some yep. type of central process um or else you won't get anything done but the last five percent definitely becomes a lot you put yourself in a much better position to succeed when future 
not future you, past you has written all the things down that need to get done. And now you can look at those things as individual items instead of just going, oh, I could work on this. I could perfect this. I could tweak that. I could tweak that. It's And it's all just like this infinite expansion. Instead, it's like, no, no, no. Here are the things that are still broken. I know exactly what they are. These are the things that must be fixed before it launches and everything else is just gonna have to wait yep exactly so you gotta write that stuff down yep um so going back to perfectionism this is what i wanted to say because i was really thinking about this i was like what is it for me personally that makes the last five percent so hard and it's that refinement that i talked about it's that perfecting part where you want every little pixel to be in the right place you start to see all the imperfections and you just can stay in that five percent and let it like expand into the ether as much as possible um And what I really think is at the heart of that is like fear because it's the fear of letting other people see this thing you've been working on and judging you for it. Is it good enough? Is it, what does it say about you? Is it high quality? Do they like it? All these things. And so perfectionism is this way to use control in order to fight those feelings of fear because that fear is a very lack of control feeling, right? Like I can't control whether someone likes this or not, but I can control whether I perfect every little pixel. Yeah. And so I will live in the space of control for as long as I possibly can to to avoid the discomfort of the place where I know I have to live on the other side of this launch and it's in the place of no control. Yeah, and I think perfectionism, I think I wrote this some time ago, is like perfectionism is a virus. Like it really is, it's pervasive, it stops you from doing things, like it doesn't like let you reach your goals. Because here's the thing, your perfect thing that you spend so long working on that no one gets to see because you spend so long working on it, doesn't matter if no one gets to see it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a slightly imperfect thing that people can see and they can be like, oh, 75% of this is really good. I see the 25% that's clunky, but like I like the 75% and I know that you'll get better. And to me, software projects are so much about fighting perfectionism at every turn because it's like the design is never going to be perfect. The implementation of the design is never going to be perfect. The app itself is never going to be perfect. I mean, Tree has been around for seven years. We still get errors that we got seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. and, and our developers, who some of them have been doing this for 20 years, don't know why it happens. And it's just the nature, you have to understand what you're getting into and and what that is like, that these things are going to come up. And so I I think that this exercise this year has probably been a really good thing for both of us in working in perfectionism together and fighting through some of those things. And just realizing too, you know, what we see as all the little imperfections, so few people are going to notice. For sure. And for me, you know, it's especially hard because I'm doing something I've never done before. Like I'm deciding that I'm going to be a self-taught UI designer. I literally built this app from online courses that I took on how to use Figma and how uh, an ebook that I downloaded on how to build color palettes for software apps and Google. And that's how I did it. And so every time I feel that self-doubt of like, oh God, these like shades of gray are kind of inconsistent. And why did I do that? And why did I make the forms that way? Like every time I live in my head of like, this isn't perfect. I just think to myself, like, are you kidding me? Like (laughs) you just, you did this, you did this from scratch and it's infinitely better than what you had before. So I just, I just talk myself up and I'm like, listen, you, you are so much more, ahead of where you were before and that's all you can ask for and it doesn't matter if it's not perfect because you're moving forward and speaking of moving forward that is another thing that really helps me when I get to that last five percent and I just want to stay in perfectionism zone forever going back to what you were saying about it doesn't matter if you 
if if nobody never sees it, then like what's your perfectionism yeah. for anyway? Yep. And in that last 5%, when you are tired and when you have been staring at the same thing over and over and over again, you zoom the lens out and you go, what is it all for? Yeah. Why did we set out to do this this year? And I think to myself, oh yeah, we're, tr- we're trying to do this thing for our businesses where, you know, we shift it so that teacher can make a little bit more money. So it takes less pressure off Wayne. Like there's a purpose behind this. There's a strategy behind this. And I will not get anywhere closer to that goal. If I don't let the reins go and let this be out into the world and let go of that perfectionism. Yeah, for sure. That is always so motivating to me. I'm like, Oh yeah. If I stay in the fear place, I don't move forward. But if I move forward, regardless of what happens, I move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Inch by inch, step by step is so much better than just never getting anything out into the world. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to come back to the the zooming the lens out because I think this is another really helpful tip because we just experienced this probably two weeks ago where we were doing all this QA work, quality assurance work on all the things that we had left. And you had made this Notion page and this database. And I think there were probably like 40 things. And it looked this list as you're getting close to the end, looks so daunting. Which, by the way, I had made no progress on that list for two weeks because it was too big of a list. Yeah, I just kept looking at it. Yeah, and you you look at this list and you're like, there's so much left, this is never going to get done. And what really helps, and this is what always has helped me when you look at a list like this, is to go, okay... Because I don't have the momentum of the beginning of the launch, all my Kelvins my and my thrusters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I'm way past the middle part of this where I've already we've invested like eight months working on this thing. How can I look at this list of 40 things and understand that it's not that big of a deal and we just need to tackle it? And what you do is you zoom the lens out and you go, look at how much of Tea Tree is already done. Yeah. And you look at this entire app that you've redesigned completely from scratch and you go, This is amazing. We have done 97 screens of a hundred let's finish the last three and, yeah. and unfortunately those last three are probably going to take the same amount of time that like 50 percent of this project took but that's just the nature of fighting through to the end of a project because of all the gravity gravity <laughs> uh and and george is going back up he's going back that's what it is what's so, george george gravity Clooney. gravity too <laughs> You got to keep up, man. I bring these things back around for yeah, a reason. I really think I do a good job keeping up, but yeah, I'm sorry. I missed that. Yeah, that was deep. Oh, like, George. That was a deep you, cut. And then when you said, and then when you said, George, gravity, I was like, we, we named gravity George? No, that's Gr- Kelvin. Gravity it's, George. Kelvin's got a name. It's like curious George, gravity George. So coming back to that, that point though, I, I really do think writing out that list and then zooming the lens out and looking at all the things you've already done can really help motivate you to go, okay, what we have left to get done, it, it may take a little bit of time, but it's actually in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much work to get done. I just need to hunker down and do it. Hunker down. Will you scoochie? <sighs> just a little scooch. A little scoocheroo. I was just getting comfy. I know you were. You were like getting into like laying down. Yeah. <laughs> I do sort of just like periodically recline until yeah. you're just like, I'm laying in bed like I'm about to fall asleep and still podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Listen, if there's one thing that is in my strengths list, Sleeping. it's getting comfy. Yeah, you're you're a comfy master. I am a comfy yeah. master. All right. What do you got left on our list here? That's it. That's the last of our tips. Those were our tips. Well, I think this is an interesting time to record this episode because we are about a week away from Tea Tree actually mm. going live. The but new then version it'll of be it. live by the time you hear it. Whoa, it'll be live by the time machines. you hear it. Time machines. Yeah, here we go. Uh, was George in a time movie? I don't think so. Uh, but we are at this place now where we have probably 
20 tasks left with our development team. We are meeting basically twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon, sometimes just in the afternoon, depending on how much work you have to do. And mind frames. And your mind frame. And we're looking at every task and we're going through it and we're making a lot of decisions right now, which is like, is this good enough? Yeah. I think that's kind of the last point that I, I wanted to touch on, which is we're at this place where everything we're doing right now is really inconsequential. It's all little things, little changes, little tweaks, little stuff just to make things a little bit better. Yeah. And all of it could not happen, but it's just we want it to be done so that it does feel thoughtful and it does feel taken care of. And then next Friday when it goes live, we are mentally preparing ourselves. It's gonna something's gonna go something's wrong. Something's gonna go wrong. I did just have one more point that I just thought of. Great. Well, I finished my point, so you can have time as a rebuttal. Is that how a rebuttal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I rebut. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, the cross cross examination would like to this interview. Is me. The... You're doing me, where I don't know the terms. <laughs> oh, okay. You're gonna litigate me the right cross, now. The, You're gonna litigate the me right now. The prosecution rests. Oh, okay. Sustained. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my last point yeah. was one last thing that also helps me get through that five percent is just to remind myself. Oh, this needs to be in front of people in order for me to know if all the assumptions that I made are even correct. Absolutely. So as a designer, you make like just a ton of decisions of, oh, I think this button should go in this place because it'll be easier to use. And of course I use like, I try to use like UI best practices because thank you, Google. Yep. Um, but I just always remind myself like, oh, this isn't actually going to live until it gets in front of customers. Absolutely. And so the sooner that we hunker down, the sooner it actually gets in front of real customers. And if I can just sit with the discomfort of like my fear and my self-doubt, that's the, actually the fun part because they get to tell us what parts like do they like. They get to then tell us what parts are hard to use so we can fix them yeah. instead of me just living inside my head and just pretending that I, I represent all of our user base and that I can make those decisions. Does that and, make sense? Yeah, and we also have to, when this goes live and we're worried about what people are going to think and we're you know not sure and like things are going to break and whatever, we also have to soak in the moments of people who are really appreciative of all the work we've done. Absolutely. Like the Kim Whites who listen to this, the Bridget Bakers, the Michelle Roars, like those people who who, and all of our waymers who have already commented, we, we shared a little walkthrough video that we also emailed out to Teatree. So many thoughtful, positive comments. The, again, they just saw a video. They didn't actually get to use it, but there we need to soak that in because that is what the year of hard work is for, is for those people to feel like, oh, this is a platform that more represents me. It represents my course that I want to create. It I'm going to enjoy using it. Yeah, my customer base. And, and that is why we're investing over $100,000 in Teatree this year I can't even count the amount of hours that we've spent on this to make Teachery something people really want to use. Yeah. And not just a utility that works, but it's something like I actually enjoy logging in because little Iggy, the idea monster mascot, is like staring me in the face and he's adorable. And now I can go in and check my stats and like, oh, I sold some courses last night. And that feels good because it helps me provide for my family and my life. And that's really the the end goal. Because for us, it's not about building this huge course platform that we could sell in three years and make six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, maybe 13 <laughs> figs. I was like, how far is it going to go? Yeah, 13 figs. How much money is that? Um, not bill, mul Very many billions? 100 billion? Okay. Is that... That's no idea. Nine, nine is a billion. Is a billion. Yeah. So 12 10, would be 11, a 12, trillion. A trillion. So you were going with 10 Tens of trillions. trillions? I'd take 10 oh, okay. trillion. I'd take 10 trillion for Teachery. I would sell you because for 10 it's trillion. A, it's a, uh, because it's an alliteration. That's why I want 10 trillions. trillion for Teachery. Yeah. Hey, anyone out there. Listening to our podcast. <laughs> listening to our podcast. Do you want to buy Teachery for $10 trillion? <laughs> it can be yours. Yeah, I guess Tim Cook. For 10 easy payments of a trillion dollars. 
Yes, Tim Cook could eventually afford it. Tim Cook does not have $10 trillion. He also has to write the reviews down when people send them in. So we got it. He's busy. If you had $10 trillion, dollars, oh, would you just like cure world hunger? Like I would give you like. Could, you could do that with like. A trillion? No, like a I billion? think like a hundred billion. Oh, You're like God, done. You could solve all the soul. things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that took a weird turn at the end here. <laughs> uh, but we just want to hopefully reflect on this episode and that it gives you some stuff to think about the next time you're working on a project, the next time you're working on an app, maybe next time you're working on a course or a planner or whatever it is that you're working on. And you're just at that place where it's like, I'm so close, but yet I feel so far. Just know that we all go through that. That is everybody who's building anything. Yeah. And I hope that we gave you some really just like tactical things that you can remind yourself of so that you can hunker down, get the last 5% done, get it out into the world. Know that, you know, as scary as it can be, taking that final step is at least one step closer to whatever your goal is. And definitely standing still is not getting you any closer. So hunker down. All right. So as you may have looked at your app and you're like, wait, why is there still more time on this episode? It sounds like they're wrapping up. It's the movie segment time. Oh, you went with the little uh, DJ horn? Uh-huh. Okay, great. So uh, we watched two classic movies for us. And by classic, that just means movies that we remember from our childhoods growing up in the 80s and 90s. It just means like before 2005. Yeah. And roughly. and after 1980, because we don't yeah. go back that far. Yeah. Uh, so the past, That's our core. The two movies that we watched this past Saturday. It was one of our best lineups. For sure. Can I just say? For sure. Sometimes we usually have like a hit and a miss, or sometimes two misses. Yeah. This was a hit and a hit. All right. So we watched first... Jurassic Park. The original Jurassic Park. Now, we didn't have any... there was no doubt in our mind this was a good movie. We both no. have fond memories. Yes. But I don't think we remembered just how good it no. was. No. In fact, I'll tell you, I've avoided watching it again because people rave about it. Right. And they're like, Steven Spielberg, and it's like a classic, and blah, 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 and it's the greatest. And whenever I get a lot of hype around something, I'm like, I it, it's just never going to live yeah. up to all the hype. So I just avoid it. And, but I was a little curious and we were like, oh, you know what? We were just in the mood for it. We yeah. always like feel out the mood. We're like, yeah, yeah I could be in the mood for that. <gasps> I Such a joy. was blown away. Such a joy. It is just a good movie. Like, There's really no part of the movie that falls short. No. The writing, yeah. the action. Like you could they could have made that movie yesterday. Oh yeah. And it's still something about like the way it's filmed, yeah. the the just the the suspense that they create. Yeah. Um, the, the plot line, the ethical yeah. you, dilemmas. Well, and they, they didn't lean on too much CGI for the dinosaurs. They right. did so much practical animatronic stuff right. that it looks real because it is real. Those are real, actual, physical I mean, I will things. say, it, like, there are some points where the animatronics are a little dated because for you're sure. just like, mm, totally. okay. Yeah. But... They've got the Michael Keaton Batman neck. Yeah, and also, like, like, you know when the uh, brontosaurus or whatever, like, comes up to them in the tree, and I'm just like, you actually look like you're one step away from the good dinosaur, like, yeah, animated yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you're so, like, soft and, yeah. like, There's molded a couple, out of... There's a couple little places like that, but, but, but overall... overall, it what a just gem. is so good. What and, like... Who's your favorite character? I was thinking about oh, that. My favorite, Laura Dern. Oh, that really? Yeah. Oh, you okay. Kidding me? Yeah. She's great. That whole segment where she's like picking up the poop and like feeling around for those yeah. poisonous berries. Are you kidding me? She's a boss. Yeah. I think the little boy is my favorite character. Oh, he's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very cute. He just he's good. Also, like the little girl too. Like she's just so courageous. Her- She's so courageous. Yeah. Her scared face. Her is scared so face is really, really good. good. Yeah, you read a thing about that, like when she did her audition, the scream. 
It was oh, like yeah. Steven Spielberg's S- Steven wife. Spielberg's wife came yeah. and was like, "Who who's hurt?" Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. like, "Okay, we'll give yep, the part to that's her." The, she gets it. Um, great Gold trivia. Bloom, Goldblum's obviously the Gold zaddy. Bloom zaddy is obviously is just great. amazing yeah. in it. I also forgot who else was in it that I like totally forgot. Samuel about. Jackson. Yeah, I always forget Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Hold in on that. to your butts. I say and that all the time. Remember the one part that is a little bit cheesy is like, remember when um, the part where the girl comes in and she just like magically locks the doors because she's a hacker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, uh, forgot about this. Yeah, she's yeah. just like, oh, I'm a hacker. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let me tap into the mainframe. We're like, uh, okay, all okay, right, sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, but overall, it's just so Gosh. great. Such an enjoyable also, watch. Also, did not remember this from the watching it as a kid. Yeah. But there's like a whole plot line of like the man, who's the man character? The older man I character? I forget his name. I forget his name too. Yeah. The whole plot line is that he is in a relationship with Laura Dern and that like she wants to have kids and he is like, I hate kids. Yeah. And then by the end, he's like, I want kids. Yeah. And they have a, I'm like, that's like a very like real yeah, yeah. storyline. Yeah, that cuts. <laughs> like, that, that cuts. cuts. Uh, also, there's a storyline with the Triceratops that is like sick that Laura Dern takes yes. care of. And they never, they never wrap it up. They never close the loop. They never wrap They're it like, up. Why was the Stegosaurus sick? Yeah. But then she didn't have the berries in her poop. Yeah. And it turns out. What did you learn? I learned that something in the book, this right. was a plot point from the book. Michael Crichton's book. That Michael Crichton wrote about how the Stegosaurus was eating the berries. Yes. And getting sick, but then they would throw them up. They would throw them up, not poop them out. Not poop them So out. that's why they didn't find them in the poop is because they would get thrown up, not pooped out. Yeah, but they just never close the loop. They never on close that. the loop, and it's a really long scene. Yeah, it's a very and it has and there's, no there's bearing arm on it. deep into poop and everything. Anyway, uh, okay, so that's so that was all, great. That's amazing. That also, I think, uh, in our next watch, we need to do the sphere, which is the other Michael Crichton book that got really popular. Oh, really? Which I believe Samuel Jackson is also in. I've never heard of this. I know movie. you haven't. I hadn't heard of the book either, but I read it and I loved the book. Is it like a thriller? Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's like a sci-fi, thrillery, suspenseful. This is my favorite genre. I know. And this one I think is going to be, I think it's going to be really hokey. I think I we're going to be like, oh, this is going to be great. Remember, I don't think do it's going to stand Tremors? up. Do you remember Tremors? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tremors okay. is awful. Tremors is awful. Okay, um, let's talk about Clue. Okay, so then our second pick was Clue, yep. the 1980s Clue. Yep. And also just what a gem. I will say the thing about Clue, it's a fun watch. You need to go into it thinking... This was made in the 80s. Uh, the writing is good, not great. Good, not great. Do you know what it reminds me of Go that ahead. I think helps set the expectation? Sure. It, and I don't know. I'm such an idiot. Sorry, okay. I went through this whole thing there. Okay. I was like, it reminds me of a, of a play. Okay. Like a theatrical play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very it's, theatrical. It's very theatrical, yeah. but also just it's a closed set. So it, obviously it's just like this house, like the board game Clue. Yeah. And it feels very theatrical to me yeah. like we're running from room to room yeah. and we're there's the same amount of characters there's only like 10 characters or whatever so if you go into it feeling like you're watching almost like a, a filmed version of a show that's yeah. where my brain was i was like was it actually a play and then i was like no it's a board game you yeah, doofus yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you doof <laughs> you doof you doof um but i had never wa- really watched it i remember very because well, vague- yeah it was definitely like older for you yeah yeah i remember very vague memories of catching it on tv as a kid and then i, w- I caught the ending and there's multiple endings and it yeah. really screwed me up because i was like oh i thought this ended yeah, differently yeah, yeah. i was yeah. like am i th- am i hallucinating but there are just so many like good little throwaway lines i will say problematic alert there's a little bit of like 
uh, touching women without their permission yeah, type stuff. Yeah, there's a little um, bit of that. So I don't love that, but... A little bit of homophobia, too. Just what? a little bit yeah. with the one character who yeah like, yeah 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 gay. yeah that's right. This is a li- it's a it's from the eighties. Listen, you're gonna get some of that. It's not overly where we're like just don't watch it. Like it, you can get through it and it's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but whatever. No, but I mean, like it's not. It doesn't take away. I think completely from the movie. Right, but just wanted to be clear. Like there it's is not a problem. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, I was gonna say. Uh, oh, this movie was one of the movies I watched in the first year I did my 24-hour movie marathon. Tell was people Clue. about your 24-hour movie so marathon. So I used to do this. I did it for 10 years, and it would be 14 movies almost every year. So it would start at 6 p.m. on like a Friday, and it would end 24 hours later at 6 p.m. on the Saturday. And it was nonstop movie watching, and you would just come over to my house. I would go to Costco, did this big run of snacks and things, really unhealthy. Not good for your body. Watch movies nonstop, no sleep, and 14 movies back to back. I always picked the movies. No one knew what they were. That's part of the fun. And I loved finding movies. And it's funny because... Many of the movies in our classic movie night have been movie marathon movies. Well, of course, because at this point, we've really gone through the catalog. It's true. But also, if you think about it, I watched 140 movies over those 10 years during those. So, like, some of those are going to come back up. And, and there's Legend, which I told you about this morning, because of the Ryan Reynolds commercial with the with Satan. Um, there's a character that's in a Tom Satan. Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2020, you know? <laughs> uh, but th- I think you'll really enjoy that because it's a very, like, campy 80s. Yeah. Like, it's right in that zone. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Clue, I, I think it's a super fun movie. Like you said, I think theatrical is a really good way to explain it. Uh, our favorite line, I want to make sure we didn't miss it. Well, I'm not, I need to practice it. I have it, but we're... Flames! Flames, flames coming out of the side of my face! <laughs> so good. What was the, her character, Mrs. White? Uh, Isn't that Mrs. White? I don't remember. I think so, yeah. Because remember, she she's black. in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the she's end, the best. She, at the end uh, monologue, she has like a, a little monologue and it's ad-libbed. We yeah. found out in the yeah. trivia. And it's absolute nonsense. It doesn't. Flames, flames coming out of the side of my face. It's so good. And it just comes out of nowhere and it makes you laugh. Um, yeah. All right. That's Clue. So Jurassic Park and Clue, if you're looking for a one-two punch, yep. I think it, it's got a little something for everybody, yep. a little bit of suspense, a little bit of laughter, dark comedy. And now we got to make space for holiday movies because we are in Desombre. We are in Desombre. I was thinking of doing like a little holiday movie bingo card. I thought that could be cute. For just for us? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Cute. I don't know why. Cute. I don't really think the bingo aspect because it's like sort of strategic, but maybe like a little scratch off. I wonder if there's like a way you can do a scratch off at home. Look it up. Google it. I bet there's a a YouTube video. Okay. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I, you know, maybe you got some, some nuggets to help you get to the end of your project. If not, this was just an hour of time that you enjoyed. I really hope so. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Flames, flames, <laughs> flames, flames, flames. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you greatly. We'll be back in your earballs next week. Ooh, uh, next week, year in review. Yeah. Very exciting. So if you listen all the way so and you're so like, tell you about all the week? super elaborate trips we took in 2020 <laughs> big and travel the year, big restaurants travel year. we ate at. Yeah, and, travel oh, year, just kidding. That didn't happen. Uh, all right, so that is it. We'll wrap it up here. Just under an hour on my timing here, but it's going to be over because the intro is no big deal. That's just my OCD brain looking at timing. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Bye. You're exhausting.